0: We're on the Shannon at Corbally, close to Thomond Bridge and not far from Limerick City. Pat Lysett is getting his small rib ready for sale. Pat, we're, we're literally going into the Eye of the River. And I love the name of your boat, Eye of the River. Like? It's great. Pat loves this place. He grew up here, has been out on the Shannon almost every day of his life, and he's 81.
1: Wait, hang on.
0: This is his home and his element
1: pull the boat back? Mm-hmm.
0: Pat makes a few last minute adjustments
1: Grab some life jackets.
0: and we're off Pat Lysett knows how to read sky and water he does what he can to protect and nurture the river birds a large flock of which explodes into flight as the boat heads their way
1: I reared all them, grey-legged geese, at them over by the shore. Now, I introduced all those. I hatched them from eggs, and uh, they bred. The last count I had was 400 knots. Now, I know that was only a fraction of it, i say, because they don't all stay here, they disperse.
0: Pat points the boat upstream, and we cross the invisible line from Limerick, just into Clare, to visit an iconic engineering project, one of the most ambitious of its time when it was built 100 years ago.
1: Ardnacrusha, power station. In, we're in the tailrace. This is where the water is coming out from the race.
0: The massive hydroelectric power station at Ardnacrusha was built to harness the Shannon's power to make energy and light. So we're looking at this power of water streaming down here. <laughs> Like this vast concrete fortress, really. The plant was built in the nineteen twenties by a German company. Over five thousand people were employed at the height of the construction work, with machinery shipped in from Bremen and Hamburg and carried to the site on seventy-six steam locomotives on a specially built strip of narrow gauge railway from Limerick docks. I think Pat you you, you sometimes find yes
1: dead eel in the water they here yeah here when, um, they're killed by the turbines they come up here as elvers mm. they come up in their thousands when i was a kid you know, and when
0: you then when you'd find some you know dead eel in in the water yes. what would you do with them pat
1: i i would give them to uh, Will o'connor like marine, marine biologists, biologists or, yeah. scientists, whatever you find. Mm. Nice fella. He has a little rib and he comes up taking photographs. But I was giving him the eels because he's mixed up with this eel foundation or something. You know, and they're trying to save these eels and all that jazz.
0: And would you would you come out of the water most days now? Huh?
1: I would. Winter and summer. What's your favourite thing on the water? <laughs> it isn't talking anyway. <laughs> She's my life now, like you know what I mean. I got to the Caribbean. I have a daughter in the Caribbean. She's there about thirty years, and uh, I'd be mad to get home. Want <laughs> <laughs> to get home to Limerick and to the Shannon.
0: You're listening to the County Measure. I'm Vincent Woods. We're making a journey around Ireland, one hundred years after independence and partition. To get a measure to get many measures of all 32 counties. We're looking at place, landscape and the people who shape their lives within these boundaries of community and county. In this series I'm hoping to get a fresh understanding of each county and its people as we shape a radio atlas of Ireland. lovely bright frosted morning in West Limerick and come through Abbey feel Adair Newcastle West, those evocative names, those historic towns and we're heading for Abbey feel on the, very close to the border with Kerry and of course like many rural towns one that has been impacted by, by change and uh, dwindling population and all kinds of challenges, but the community there responding to that as well, and, and we're going to find out a little about how they have been responding and what that community has been doing in the face of change. The fine old market town of Abbeyfield links Limerick to Kerry. Tralee and Listowel are only a short distance away and you hear the richness of the shared culture in every voice and note. And it's home to a lively and resilient community. And here we are outside on Shuppa Milchon, Mary's Sweet Memories, uh, here on Main Street, Naby Feel, And this is a community shop, and quite a unique one. Lovely spot. Hello. Hello. And inside, we meet Mary Flynn. Hello, Mary. How are you doing? Nice to meet Vincent. you.
2: Vincent, lovely to <laughs> meet lovely you. Lovely to meet you, Vincent. Come at the hands The shop is
0: a delight, a lovely mix of old, modern and reimagined, Wooden counter and weighing scales, wooden shelves, newspaper stand, glass cases with displays of sweets and iconic brands of groceries. Don't give that cold a chance, take Aspro. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> a lovely little paper yeah. bag with you the know, logo on it. fantastic. So
3: the behold. Twining's
0: tea, wonderful Maxwell House coffee, old tins
3: the ponds cold cream. I suppose there wasn't a nana in the country that didn't use ponds cold cream or those kind of things. and,
0: spice, uh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, dab of old spice, yeah no dabble spice went straight yeah.
3: The little bags of blue which we would always use when we'd be dissolving uh, whitewashing the cowhouses houses and the farm the outside buildings at home always um, my granddad would always be out in nana with the, white, the blue and to make sure it was all done properly and that if there was visitors coming, if the yanks were coming or if there was stations in the house or anything, all the whitewashing in the cleaning was done and oh my goodness oh my the place ridiculous. would be gleaming and shiny
0: beautiful beautiful old stuff
3: now I'd introduce it to
4: Noreen Noreen oh, yes. how are you Noreen, Vincent. Vincent lovely
0: to you Noreen Cotter is one of the people who set up the shop
4: there was another sweet shop in Abbeyfield and it was there for almost nearly 40 years like I can remember it as a little girl and that was a while ago but that closed down and then Abbeyfield was kind of on its knees really you know like a lot of rural towns things were closing down and, and that. So two friends, uh, Robert Brown and John Brown, they're both primary school teachers, like myself, and they came to myself and my husband and they just said, could we do something for the community? So it kind of happened, I suppose, at the right time, really, because at the, at the same time, my husband's uncle, Mike O'Donnell, he had a grocery shop down New Street, and that was established in 1920, but he had left everything like all of these biscuit tins the counter the weighing scales you know and they were too precious to just let them get lost so we decided yeah we'll we'll open this place we'll bring up all this old stuff so it's kind of like i suppose it's like a museum but it's like a living museum Mm -hmm. so i suppose what we've done is we've done it for the community and we've done it to retain the heritage. That's in the town as well, so it is a lovely sweet shop, and we've coffee and all of that. But it's, it's about community, you know, and history. Reflecting
0: reflecting community and the past, but also looking to the future.
4: Yeah, 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 because obviously you kind of have to make it some bit viable, and it's not it's not easy. It's it's very difficult for small businesses now to. There's just such competition and stuff, and you know, but people have been great. You know, they 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 love it. Like it is kind of a, it's a social. Social
0: uh, I'm, I'm sure cakes. children and families must <laughs> yeah. love to come in here
4: Yeah they do The kids yeah. love coming in because they love the sweets and all the rubbish that they can eat <laughs> The parents love it then because they come in and it just kind of takes them back It's quite nostalgic yeah. So yeah. you know there's something for, for everybody ah, it's, it's,
0: it's a beautiful spot as well I mean it's a pleasure to come in and just yeah. look Yeah, But mind you it was good yeah. to buy as well yeah. <laughs> And as we chat many people do come in to look and buy
4: this is Martina O'Connell now. She's just after walking in and she is very much involved in the FLA by the FIELD committee. That
0: is a very famous FLA and festival. Well, it
4: is. It's the only thing. We, it's the only festival we have here in Abbey
3: FIELD and it's around, uh every Bank Holiday Weekend, uh, May Bank Holiday Weekend. And we have a great concert on this year. We have... Um, the Mulcahy family
0: I should know no better yeah. no better yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, and they're they from and they sublim- sublim- they're Exactly i exactly be and they're brilliant they're
3: yeah amazing. they are fantastic they're so brilliant. they're going to be playing during the weekend yes. at the FLAW and we'll have great musicians from all over Ireland coming. And I have to say, we have great support from people that lived in Abbeyfield that are now have good businesses in American places, and they yeah.
4: give, they give us great support as well during to help so us to so run a good weekend. Yeah. So they're
0: good and loyal
4: because we are linking a lot more, you know, with yeah. American and, and place people that are yeah. abroad now. You know, they yeah. kind of tune in to see what's Abbeyfield going on. Abbeyfield
0: becomes the world. It, <laughs>
5: does, it It does. It does.
6: There, yeah, it? it's like
0: that branch of the tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Limerick Greenway has been developed along the track of the old Limerick to Trelee railway line. Forty kilometers of walking and cycling track with starting points at Ratkeel, Arda, Temple Glanton, Newcastle West, Abbey and at Barna we meet Eva Kyo, where she and her husband set up and run locomotion bike rental.
6: We go down this way here.
0: We make our way down a steep bank to step onto the greenway.
6: It's a little bit high from here down, and once you get onto the track, then it's level. And then the first place you meet is this, the is the Barnet Tunnel.
0: So are we now on what walking on what was the railway track?
6: This was the railway track, yeah, yeah. the original railway track. Lovely
0: curve. You got that sense. So you gorgeous. can imagine a train along here.
6: Yeah. yeah. And they would have been descending or ascending from Newcastle West all the way up the hill that you drove up today. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would have been coming here, so when when they got to here, when they were building the track, then they met this rock, so they had to chisel their way out oh, of it
0: amazing yeah it 's really steep each side i mean we're we 're in a little valley, really, and uh, yeah. you got that wonderful uh, the moss all the all the greenery, the trees on the against the skyline, yeah. all the ferns, there beautiful ferns. ferns
6: there is yeah it, it, it is quite wet, yeah. I believe the ferns like the the rain. So um, a lot of people have come out for biodiversity talks and walks. Yeah. Um, we've had a good few groups that would come from Icicles schools and that. Today. Yeah. <laughs> Icicles today. Yeah. and snowdrops, yeah, you can yeah, see great, yeah. We have a lot of blackberries down here during the autumn oh, season. Lovely, and yeah. There's wild strawberries and wild elderflower growing down here as well.
0: <laughs> Look, <It's such laughs> there's a pair, pair of them. Gorgeous.
6: They're nesting, and um, apparently there's a lot of species of bats that were living in here as Ah, well. Now there is um, lights that will come on now when we start walking through. Mm. They'll come on at the left hand side. There you go. There they go. So it's quite a long tunnel, um, and it's lovely to cycle and walk through this. The kids get a great kick out of these little recesses that are along the way then where they would have been the... um, Areas that the workers on the railway would have stood into when the train ah, is coming, so that through. they didn't get whacked by the train. Yeah. So you'd often, if we when we bring d- kids down, I'd be telling them all the history of the, the tunnel and that, and they'd be hiding inside there, <laughs> frightening each other.
0: It really, feels like walking in history, doesn't it? It's and uh
6: so if you were travelling now for a, lo- a lot of the day, and you were coming. Down towards Kerry isn't it a beautiful place to stop and get out and stretch your legs? Yeah. So up ahead on the right here now you'll see the Barnet railway station. So this station was active up until the nineteen seventies, and also beautiful shows you. Beautiful
0: building. Isn't it lovely?
6: Isn't it gorgeous? That yeah. That stone and stone. brick. It's
0: lovely. That grey and white and that lovely red. The bricks. Something quite moving about it. About the idea that that this, especially a railway line that had become derelict really the whole Mm. thing has been brought back to life and that that people walk on on the track of of this place that brought their ancestors to and fro
6: and brought employment to the area and i think you know if you can imagine the 1880s and and onwards it was bringing food it was bringing sustenance to these rural areas where there wasn't where people didn't have access to You know the major shops and the major places to, to get to get their, their supplies. So it was a huge part of the history, and I think it's fitting now that it is here in a time where things are depleting in our rural towns. And I see these things like the Greenways, like a, it's like a, a rainbow of hope through little towns that is going to bring people back again. It's it's the past bringing us to the present and on into the future.
2: Young fellow, that's easy and bold. Castle Down
7: Connor, very well known in Newcastle West. I spend many a night with Kitty and journey Mary. My parents are for bees to reckon for spending my time.
8: Here at the edge
0: of Newcastle West, this 13th century Desmond Castle, the grounds have been turned into this terrific community resource again, the Castle Domain, with walks and a lot of the sports grounds all around here. And um, can't help but remember the poet Michael Hartnett here in Newcastle West, one of our, our great poets, and how he loved this place and this town. Hello. Does this bring us back around to the Colina Moore entrance? Colna Oh, Kulna. oh yeah, it does yeah it does. so obviously sense. you're not
9: local no, yes, where are you from
0: <laughs> uh, well we're, in truth we're making a, a radio programme called the County Measure uh,
9: here, for RTE yeah. wow uh, on, I was
0: on yeah. I have look around <laughs> I was on off the rails in uh,
9: 2003 good the oldest fellow in America was getting married and we wrote to RTE the good. girls did yeah. we're in an awful state going over to the eggs and all this so we got called and myself and my two daughters were dressed for the wedding. I a uh, black two-piece with a neck and a green shawl, hand-knit by a lady in Limerick. And green, I still have the necklace, the green and the earrings, and you know, i was gorgeous. Yeah.
8: Million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
9: it was fantastic. It was so good they wanted to go on the second time. I said I lose my job. That's before I retired. Like, do you know.
0: And what's your own name?
9: Debbie Dunmoreton.
0: I knew um, the poet Michael Hartnett.
9: Oh, sure, he's dead in my house.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah,
9: <laughs> my, hus- my, my husband yeah. died four years ago. So I'm a widow. We won't start crying now. Oh God, but see. he was a great friend of my husband. Yeah.
0: Uh, Michael was lovely. Yeah, he was lovely. He was lovely. a great man. Yeah, yeah.
9: But Paul, now, my son, yeah. he put music to him. And he has CD, phone. yeah. Really? I'd ah. like to give you one of those because it gives a few left. I'd
0: love that. I'd love that.
9: But come here, how would yeah. I give you that CD? Uh,
0: well, we could we uh, we could, could call to the, the house. Yeah, yeah. Because we'll be going back now through. Yeah.
9: Now, i Yeah. Um, i give you Ignorant yeah. in the sense of a monotonous Tot the world was
5: flat,
9: pagan in the sense she know
5: The things that moved
9: that night were neither dogs nor cats but focus and dark-faced men She nevertheless had fierce pride but was sentenced in the end
0: And that was Paul Dunworth from Newcastle West with his arrangement of Michael Hartlett's poem Death of an Irish Woman. You're listening to The County Measure and we're in County Limerick. Kilmallock, this fine, busy town close to the Galti Mountains and Ballyhara, There's a new cycle route and an area of great natural beauty all around here. And again, an area with enormous history. You know, the poet Andres Macrath is buried here and his poem, Slawn le Mai, became a beautiful Shannon song. The town of Kilmallock in South Limerick, close to the border with Cork, was one of Ireland's most important urban centres in late medieval times. The remains of the town's medieval walls are still clear. And then standing out in its fine modernity and lightness, there's the town's new library, a hub of community and connection. An informative chat with the staff there sends us off in search of a town legend, Max Hennessy, supervisor on the town's community employment scheme.
2: You've landed uh, in a fair old bastion <laughs> here in <Kilmelica, laughs> ah, I tell you. Yes. We're still in the same footprint inside in this town uh, since the Norman times. Uh, we've never changed. The town wall is, if you go out of the back of this place, you have the West Wall Walk right here. And that wall is there since the 12th century. And the town of Kilmaik hasn't moved outside of this wall since the 12th century. So to say we're clannish would be a kind of a slight, <laughs> a slight understatement. Yeah. But it makes us who we are as well. Like you of know, course, for yeah. a small town to achieve some of the things that we've had sporting-wise down through the years, it has been the kind of the key to what we have been. Like we've always been inside the town walls. Like you know, we've never been sent back from since we've been went up senior in 1956. We've beaten the biggest of them when they've been at the highest but when we've been least expected to win and we've been in All Ireland uh, club finals ninety two. We've won Monsters when we were least them. 'em. We've been doing queer things like, you know, junior levels months all the way up along like <laughs> <laughs> out know, and or that we hold it over on external neighbors or anything like you know. That's just the hottest topic of debate every single night of the week. No, oh, no, no, I means it's nothing here to GA yeah, like <laughs> No and I hear you're involved
0: in the local drama group. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be look, yeah in,
2: I'd be involved in I'd be involved in everything pretty much around this town. Uh, we're stuck in the drama. We're stuck in the darkness and the lies. Do you know anyone that's usually stuck in community stuff? They're stuck in everything, like you know. So there's always something there. So it's always very active. Like so, the more we get involved, the more it stays active. I am from the town. Um, I love the town. Ball and Ray here left here for a good bit of time and came back and I kind of seen the value of community work like and I seen the value of what it can do and how it can enhance the place and my hometown is is Kinmalach so I said either put up or shut up like so I got involved about 10 years ago and I've been involved ever since good town it's a great town it's a fantastic town we get a lot of bad press but it's we don't see it we don't see it. It's a lot of these social warriors that are behind this Facebook that are making this noise. We are living here, working here all day, every day. We don't see any of that rubbish that to be talking about on social media. It's a shame that the positive stuff doesn't get as much airtime as the negative stuff. Like, right? You're hit from the mountain so when you get down into Brodie and Pastoral through yeah. Brodie, you're onto the main road. You'll be flying, you're yeah. flying. There. Don't stop in Brodie. They take the hubcaps off the car. And <laughs> Come won't take me out of your come out and tell you we
8: I'm Kevin Barry. I'm a writer based in County Sligo, originally from Limerick. When I was asked to write something about my home county, the first thing that came to mind were the visits I used to pay to an aunt of mine in the village of Ballingarry back in the early 80s. Among the little-known mountains of Limerick, Knockfearna Hill is the highest and the most storied, situated beyond the village of Ballingarry. It rises to some 951 feet, a prominent knuckle against the low grey skies and the estuarine rain. Also, it is a regal place, as it contains deep in its interior a fairy castle. And for many, many centuries, Nockfirna has radiated stories and legends and a palpable occult aura. My Aunt Annie lived in Ballingarry, and she needed no encouragement on the occult front. She was a practitioner of fish oaks, ...or folk cures... ...and by means of herbs and tinctures and curious spells... ...she took on the warts and septic throats of the vicinity... ...she had remedies for melancholy and bad backs... ...she would even cast her magic... ...on those complaining of marital difficulties... When I'd be brought out from the city... ...on Sunday afternoon spins to visit... There would often be local people in the corner of Hannie's kitchen whispering their complaints and receiving my aunt's sage advice in return. Her knowledge came from way, way back and it may even have originated in the fairy chambers of Nokfirna. I remember those Sundays of cold spring maybe in the March or April of the year, and the new, raw, feeble light crossing the fields, and the warm fog of coal smoke in Hannie's kitchen, and the dry humour and huskiness of her voice and her smoker's cough. She had spent a few decades in America, but it didn't knock a scrap of the magic out of her, and when she came back to her home place... She came back to her true calling in life, which was to heal and comfort in the way the long centuries had taught her. But I was an unimpressible twelve-year-old, and I took the witchcraft of the kitchen entirely in my stride. In fact, I was rather bored by it all, so I would bring my Atari console along for the visit, ...plugging it into her television to play the ancient video game... ...that featured two white lines for rackets... ...and a slow-moving blob for a ball. John McGarn said once... ...that the 20th century never existed in Ireland... ...that we went straight from the 19th into the 21st. Unbeknownst to myself... ...I may have occupied a cusp moment in this transition playing my Atari at one end of the kitchen, with Hanny at her magic down the far end. And beyond the window, rising through the mist and rain, the looming spectre of Nockfirna Hill, its spirits calling out to both of us from its far interior.
0: You're listening to The County Measure. Limerick City is Ireland's Chicago, a friend said to me. So much that's unexpected. A twist of third or fourth city attitude and originality. A tang of life all of its own. It's a county and city of intersections. Viking, Norman, Garrett, Barry and Cromwell's Ireton siege. Georgian power and wealth. Legion of Mary and Labour leader Jim Kemmy. Frank McCourt's narrative of poverty and rain, rugby and hurling, blind boy and Dolores O'Riordan. And here on O'Connell Street, Tom McNamara, longtime busker and local
5: legend. Do you ever hear the Hall of Fame? Yes. I got into that months ago in my old age. A oh, good man. And. Uh, uh, and the only other person I got into it, in Limerick, my second house there, Dolores Reardon, and Cranberries.
0: Wonderful Dolores, yeah. My
5: house but the, the house, I mean, I'm not joking you you're not gonna believe me. But it's haunted or something. I have the sixth since my brother in law died there, you know. When the next thing I heard him talking to me. He was talking about something that happened years ago. Then I woke up one morning in my bed and I thought I saw a soldier standing just at, on the side of my bed like, you know. And I do believe there was black and tense. He used to sleep in them places. He probably saw black and Tan.) <laughs> <laughs>
0: A little further up O'Connell Street, there's a striking and apt image of Limerick, a bronze sculpture of two sportsmen back to back, hurler and rugby player. And just opposite, an imposing new brown brick cathedral of a building to the game of rugby. Waiting to meet us just outside is Francis Fitzgerald, journalist with the Limerick Leader. Hello. Hello. Hiya. Francis. How, are you,
10: Francis. How are you doing? Vincent, nice to meet you. You? lovely to meet How are you. you. How are you?
0: But I've always loved this street. I just see as well, you know, the bicycle lane. Yeah. Each side. Yeah. And you see the dad going up there with the kid on his bike. Absolutely. And, uh, That's a new addition as well. Oh, it. yeah,
10: yeah. I know it's great. Yeah. Um, and even, you can't see it from here now, but they've added bicycle lanes down by the river as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes it much more accessible. Yeah. Um, obviously, Limerick is growing its, its reach as a student city. And that's a massive thing for us at the moment. Like um, do,
0: does the student population have a big impact on
10: on the city and the nightlife massively. and the
8: culture of the city?
10: Hundred um, percent, and it comes alive in September. I think you know the end of August the start of September when the students are coming in. A lot of international students, which is great to see.
0: And of course, like everywhere else around the country, it, this is a year for elections. Elections yes. to do. Uh, City Council the County Council and for the first time a directly elected Mayor of Limerick
10: yeah it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting definitely we're we're getting ready for that now in June it has the potential to be brilliant one of the things I think that strikes me the most will have mandated meetings with government every four months or every quarter sorry which I just think is we have our councillors we have our TDs they're great voices for Limerick there's no doubt about that but to have that connection with government one person going in, speaking on behalf of Limerick people, our issues, what we want to talk about. I think that's going to be invaluable to the city and the county. I
0: must say, I've always had a great fondness for for the city and the county, indeed. But there's something about the shape of the city as well, and the and the Shannon, the river. You know, just yes. that the power of that, and and that sense of a very, very ancient place and settlement. All the history that's here.
10: Oh, it's gorgeous. I mean, you only have to see now walking down O'Connell Street all the different. You have the brand new Rugby Museum, you have the Opera Square, which is coming up down here now, which is going to be incredibly modern and new and futuristic. But then you also have the old Georgian buildings, you know, above the the shops, the shop fronts here. And it just mixes, I think it mixes so well. You know, it just shows the heritage and the history of the city. Um, you know, the two coming together. It's just, it's just fabulous. You know, we, we remember our past, but we also look forward to the future. That's, that's how course, I like to think absolutely.
5: of it. You have to, yeah.
10: So this, as you can see, is going to be the library.
0: Okay, so an um, image of what the library would yes, look like. and you
10: can kind of see outside here as well, the kind of open spaces and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you've seen the renderings for the building itself or the area, but it looks fabulous. It really does. It's not just a new modern concrete Brock it's lovely design as you can see lovely flowy kind of open spaces outside as well especially so it's going to be gorgeous hopefully when it finishes but even looking at the pictures and the designs now yeah it does look like it's going to be
0: great looks yeah, yeah light and space yeah, and yeah. it looks like there might even be plenty of trees in courtyards yes, exactly. even better images, even believe. better you know yeah. even better Frances, I suppose Limerick, like a lot of places, gets a fair bit of bad press. You know, the yeah. people focus on negative stories. And would you argue that that's too much of a focus in Limerick, that it should be counterbalanced by the better stories? Yeah,
10: listen, there's always going to be negatives, as you said, wherever you go in the world. Not just Ireland, the world, there's always going to be negative stories. But I think a lot of people do have a focus on the negative which is understandable. Limerick has been through a lot in the last twenty years. We had an unfortunate reputation at the start of the, you know, the two thousands, but it's completely changed. And I think people are still in the mindset of what Limerick used to be, instead of what it is now and what it's going to be. Not just what it is now, but what in the next five, ten years. There's so much happening. I, I remember we went away uh, last week, last year. Sorry, to Galway, and someone said to me, "Oh, you had to get out did you, for the weekend." Do you know that kind of way? <laughs> I said, oh, I can't wait to go home, Like you know. Um, you know. But yeah, no, I understand what you mean. There is definitely a touch of that, I think. Well, that's understandable, you know. I think we're, we're famous for a lot of good things, we're famous for a lot of bad things, you know. There's no denying that.
0: Limerick was Ireland's first city of culture in 2014, but has long been a city of artistic and cultural wealth and originality. You never quite know what you'll encounter here. We're looking for Jürgen. Like the exploration of links between technology, music and art. The work of Jürgen Simpson, composer and director of the Centre for Computational Musicology and Computer Music at the University of Limerick. Hello.
11: Hello. Jürgen. Jürgen.
0: Vincent. We meet him inside Ormston House, one of the cultural hubs of the city great central culture that it is yes. it is indeed and we're on the main
11: street uh, of of the city where it's unlikely that you'll find many Uh, I I guess as experimental and vibrant cultural spaces in any city we're in what was actually I think the first supermarket in Ireland, in Ormson House and about a decade I think or a decade and a half ago it was transformed from its many previous purposes into an art gallery and so this alongside LCGA, Limerick City Gallery of Art which is the main municipal gallery which distance wise, say from a Dublin perspective, the distance from O'Connell Bridge I guess to the top of Grafton Street and Siemens Green and you can walk the entire span of those spaces between LCGA, the Hunt Museum across the road and this and you're there and that's, and that's sort of the embrace of the city And really diverse work in each space. Yes, there's always been a sense I think that it is a space where a lot more experimentation is a comfortable thing to be doing. You've had Eva here last year which is Ireland's Biennale uh, every two years You know, it becomes the, the only Biennale for the visual arts here um, but that sense of edginess and that sense of experimentation, I think, is sort of a defining quality of the city. Of course, an edge. And of course, Limerick was Ireland's first city of culture it was 2014. It was a national city of culture at that yes. point in time. It was the first city of culture. Where yeah. actually, actually, a lot of initiatives actually kind of sprung from that year as well. And it was, it was a great year in sense of enabling a discussion about what the city could become and what it could do and, and, and ideas which had already been in the air were able to flourish. You know, for my own part I, mean, I, I founded, co-founded uh, Light Moves Festival in, in 2014 which was enabled and is still running we, we currently have actually an exhibition in LCGA Gallery it definitely was a springboard for a lot of ideas so yeah. you,
0: you've seen things develop out of the city of culture 9-10 years ago yeah for sure yeah
12: my name is Merli and I'm a rap artist and music producer from Limerick. And I wrote this piece for the county measure. It's called Crossroads. I just want to have a conversation. Can I buy a slot at your station? A little too left for field to be mainstream. But the last show proved that I'm facing. Finally feeling like I was destined. For the big show and all wrestling. It's a long road I'm investing. Wrong, I am desperate. I'm doing what I love in my besties, and the forefathers have blessed me, paid me away to the water like Jesse. Trust me, I ain't gonna lie, no Jesse. I'm living my dream, and I'm grateful. But we all know I'm part of the exceptions. I don't even have to want to please you just for a couple of rotations. You know, coming from uh, Limerick, that smaller city, and being a rap musician comes with its challenges. And sometimes, you know, the, some of the best arts come from those experiences, you know. So Crossroads is a song where um, I drew inspiration from, just from living and kind of developing my craft in Limerick. I start wondering how many times I got to play for exposure. I linger at the bottom of the poster. Your voice got wrench like Rover. Why you want to be a thaw of me I don't want to sound like a moaner. I'm all about a team and you know what i I want to look ahead like a quarterback But the only thing I see is a throwback Promising myself I wouldn't do this Said I'd rather quit but a true face The longer you keep me on notice The harder you tighten tightening my loose skin But I'm changing my mind cause it's selfish These words I hold on to just be tolerated I acknowledge the sentiment yet it's hard to rate it give me the prick no flame emoji while you hit it I used to love to see the comment section decorated but the numbers tell the same story as before I made it Also so I thought when I was leaving what a television and envisioned a better end to my past season still not a fan. They treat us in these places I know this game Almost on a first name basis Trust a lot of lines Time for new races Meaning sleeves up stooping tire laces This song's for the photo ops Don't it look good? Hashtag serve their purpose Now they're like who? How many of you really thought it too good to be true? But I'm a staple You keep worrying about immunity, jeju Attention yo-yo Get a photos And board and go-go
0: You're listening to the County Measure and we're in County Limerick. Limerick has long been a hub of movement, transport, connection out into the wide world. Shannon Foynes Port is the second largest port in Ireland and in 1939 the first commercial flight from the US to Europe touched down here. Further east, a hub Of connectivity of a different kind was established almost a hundred years ago. Glenstall Abbey, a community of Benedictine monks, and a centre of meditation and education. The Icon Chapel at Glenstall is a purpose-built, low-ceilinged, darkened space, a glow of muted gold and crimson from the exquisite images of Christ and Mary, suffering and salvation. It's a glimpse of the East and the Orthodox Christian churches of Ukraine and Russia, a place of great spiritual significance to many people.
13: So just on our way in here, we have St. Michael the Archangel. Um, this uh, is uh, written here because we don't paint icons, we write them. It's written on the holy wood that is cedar wood. It's uh, from 1700. And we have there St. Michael at the entrance appropriately. He is the one who protects us at the border
0: of human habitation. The chapel is quite plain. It's Dark, the illumination then catches the colour of the icons. They're very beautiful. And you have these panels of light. The four light. evangelists. They're they the
13: four evangelists, yes. Yes, so you have the eagle, which is John. You have the young man, which is Matthew. You have the bull, which is Luke. And then you have the lion, which is
0: Mark. That's what's so beautiful in the place, is the light that comes Absolutely. from the icons and from the glass here. So from all, all the religious imagery gives off this light. How old would the oldest icon be?
13: Well, that's a very uh, good Roughly. question, because um, here we have an icon, which if you had come to us uh, five years ago, I would have said this was from 1820. But the restorers came and cleaned it and took off the 19th century layer. Then they took off the 18th century layer. And then they took off the 17th century layer. So we're now down to the 16th century layer. There is a layer below this, um, but what this testifies to is that as people pray with icons, they burn candles before them and they cause burning marks, and then the icons are restored. And this one has been restored five times. So this icon is witnessed 500 years of continuous prayer. And it's still prayed, we pray with this icon every day and um, so it's this is a classic icon the the eyes are very wide and large all the other senses the nose mouth and ears are very small because we don't uh, use those in front of an icon we're only using our eyes and the icon projects out
0: a space to which we enter so it's a place of meeting so this can be a space of contemplation and comfort and connection and healing
13: yes absolutely absolutely yes
0: of yeah. course many people come here to glenstall in a sort of retreat, um, you know, to yes. to pray, to think, to contemplate. I wonder what kind of people come to you and, and is it mainly people from Ireland? Do you have international visitors? We have a small number of international visitors.
13: 90% would be from Ireland. We would have a lot of people who maybe have disconnected somewhat from the uh, official church and maybe people who are even kind of reassessing their lives um, for whatever reason, maybe a Change of job, retirement, um, and then people tend to come back. So um, we also have welcomed here in the Abbey. We have four Ukrainians living with us, and we have another three working with us. And we're in the in, in, at the moment trying to welcome a Palestinian from Gaza. And it's amazing, you know, what knowing even just a small number of people from another land does. It really helps you connect in a very special way. And I knew nobody from Georgia until the Georgians started coming here. And, you know, they're marvellous. They're great and they're great crack. And they, they're, they're cute whores as well, like <laughs> ourselves. But that's all right. Yeah, I mean, we can accept that. So, so let's be honest. and They're, they're, they're no different to ourselves in, in that regard. But, um, no, there's, there's something very special about breaking down the barriers.
0: Limerick is unsung is a mantra I've heard many times, and there's truth in it. But think of the wealth of song and the music we find here. So many evocative places, names, and histories threaded through song titles and tunes. Sean South from Garryone, Percy French's drum Colour, Shanna Golden with its sweet air and haunting lament, a world of music and musicians. At Cahar I meet one of Limerick's finest, Ilan Piper, Mickey Dunn, who comes from a noble line of traveller musicians and whose two daughters, Breed and Neave, carry the flame of music. Mickey Dunn, it's lovely to meet you. And, of course, a great <coughs> tradition of music in your family. I remember Mick Maloney, another great musician, saying to me that he heard your uncles playing on the street in Limerick and he said it stopped him in his tracks and I think it was one of the things that really led him into music
7: well Mick was a great friend of mine and I remember one time he 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 said that the first banjo player he heard was my uncle Christy he said he was outside Woolworths in Limerick and he heard this banjo ringing all around the place and, and fair play to Mick no matter where he went and he was a professor in New York in, in, in America and he always recognised the Duns as being a huge influence on, on him and that's that means an awful lot to me
0: but Mickey, you, your family, the Duns, then were travellers, and your uncles, great musicians, and your father, great musicians.
7: Yeah, my father, my father played the fiddle, also played the pipes. Yeah. But the pipes were too expensive for him. They, they were very, they were surviving on what they made on the street. Do you know? But um, that's the way they lived, and they they travelled around the whole country in a barrel top wagon, and they were probably the first professional musicians, yeah. traditional players like the likes of Johnny Dorn and Felix Dorn and the Duns, and that's the way they lived. That's how we were raised. You know.
0: And you had a you were one of a good big family and then you settled in
7: in Limerick. Yes. In the city. Yes. There was fourteen of us, was, was seventeen of us actually, but fourteen survived. Seven boys and seven girls. My mother wasn't from that background at all. My my mother my mother was I didn't discover this, Vincent, until later in life. We we often wondered why she would take off with a, a traveller like, do you know? And she her, her her father, my mother's father, was a soldier in the First World War. And he got badly wounded. He was traumatized after it and apparently he was he wasn't the easiest fella to live with. Yeah. But the same could be said for any of us, do you know? If we saw what he saw. Yeah. And um we, we came to the conclusion <laughs> We did the first chance She got <laughs> She got over it <laughs> And she ran off And it was the total tale Of the, the whistling gypsy over. Yeah. She ran off with him yeah. And they were together And loved each other Till the day they died
0: Well love knows no barriers that's,
7: And that's the truth yeah. They were forever together
0: yeah. So a great legacy for you And for yes. all your siblings Yes, yes.
7: Yeah. I, I was very fortunate In a lot of ways
0: yeah. And of course then music Opened doors for you And carried you into Other realms of life
7: anyway Vincent I couldn't have been more lucky Jeez, I've seen I've travelled the world and you know, I'm not bragging about this or anything like but I went to places and I wouldn't have even dreamed of it like Costa Rica what would I go to Costa Rica for <laughs> I'd have brought me over to the play at a festival right New Zealand I couldn't name them all out yeah, yeah. Canada America yeah. all over the place I, I was only in Patagonia would you believe it there before Covid Music brought
0: Uzi you around, brought around the world, around the world yeah. and it's Lovely to be here.
7: And you're more than welcome. Call again. I will. we <laughs> will give you something to eat next time.
0: bright Sunday morning in the lovely laneways and hills around Loch Gurr, uh, one of the most important archaeological sites in Ireland and I'm fascinated by the history that's connected to here human settlement going back think, to about 3000 BC, ring forts the largest ring fort, Grange the largest ring fort in Ireland Cranogs, all kinds of megalithic markers and remains in the landscape. I've come here to Lough to meet the celebrated singer, theologian and interfaith minister, Noreen Nereen, who grew up not far from here. Noreen, to
3: meet so meet you. Good yeah. to meet you. so good to meet I you. Think.
0: She loves this place and all that the landscape holds and reveals.
3: Well, there's a thousand sites, sacred sites in five-mile radius where kind of history... And mythology meet, do you know? And they become blended into one. So at one time you're talking about the third Earl of Desmond, Garadheula, lived in 14th century. Another time you're talking about Anya, yeah. the goddess who lives underneath yeah. the the lake, there. Really, it's uh, wonderful in Ireland about where our imagination takes over, and history becomes part of, you know, creation story or whatever. It, it
0: becomes history in a way, and, and vice don't, versa. Don't and vice right. yeah. versa, yeah. And you spent part of your childhood very close to here. I
3: did. Just as you're coming in there, there's a little cottage, and my parents rented that for the first four years of my life. But they always told a story about one time they were came up here with my father's two friends, and they were skating on the lake. And my mother was kind of feisty, and she anyway went too far, and she fell down into the water. And they had to pull her up by the hair, the three of them. Yeah, and she always felt, though she said, that the pull of Anya, that Anya was pulling her down.
0: She had three good strong men to pull her Exactly. Back. <laughs> and I wouldn't be here at all, for God's sake.
3: <laughs>
0: Noreen, of course, you know. These days we remember Saint Bridget, but there are other female saints to remember and especially here in Limerick I think there's Eta is a good Eta, a good Limerick saint
3: absolutely and a great woman to inspire us to follow our dreams because didn't she follow the deer to a place until the deer stopped quite like the three astrologers kings at the epiphany and where they stopped she built her monastery Earl, as we mentioned he was a poet he was the third Earl of Desmond and he lived in that castle there. You can't see it. It's uh,
0: Through the trees. It's through the trees. the trees, exactly
3: right. You can't see it there. But he was a poet and he would write in Old Irish, in English and in French uh-huh. because, of course, the family were French. But he wrote this poem in 1370 when he was in prison. Speak not ill of womankind. Speak not ill of womankind. Tis no wisdom if you do. You that fault in woman find I would not be praised of you Sweetly speaking, witty, clear Tribe most lovely to my mind Blame of such I hate to hear Speak not ill of womankind Bloody treason, murderous act Not by women were designed Bells o'erthrown nor churches sacked Speak not ill of womankind. Bishop, king upon his throne, primate skilled in to loose and bind, sprung of women, every one. Speak not ill of womankind.
0: We leave Limerick in the light of spring, all the old powers and energies alive and present. Everywhere you go in city and county you find memorable conversation, unforgettable people, splinters of history and glimpses of innovation. There's practical hope to be found here, more harnessed light for the future.